Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. quick your word is powerful your word is sharper than any two-edged sword uh, and when I pray this morning that uh, you will speak through me you will encourage your people you will inspire them you will challenge them in Jesus name amen so I'm going to conclude our message series today that we've been dealing with on loneliness uh, we you are not alone and we've looked at it from various angles, we've defined the problem of loneliness. Uh, we've talked about uh, God's antidote to loneliness. Uh, last week, we examined the blessing of loneliness. Uh, loneliness is not always negative. There is some positive angle to it. Today, I'm going to conclude by t- telling you that we are God's antidote to loneliness. I'm going to be challenging you that you have a part to play in solving the loneliness crisis. In fact, the church of God is best positioned to solve the loneliness problem in the world today. It's very, very important for, and that's my message today for you, to challenge you and let you know that you have a place, that the church, us, When I mean the church, I don't mean the building. When I mean the church, I don't mean the pastor. When I mean the church, when I say the church, I don't mean the ministers. I mean you, you, and you. I want you to turn to the next person to you to say, you are the church. Amen. Oftentimes people come to me and say, the church should. And I say, who who should? Who Who are you talking to? They are telling me that I should. No, I'm not the church. We are the church. You should come and say, we should. Hallelujah. So it's important to know that the church is the greatest antidote rather, to loneliness. God created the church for that purpose. And going to church, and I want you to listen. I'm going to show you some of the headlines. Lengthens your life and increases the quality of your life. And these are not just preachers saying that. In fact, I have some few headlines from websites that just capture that. Look at that, that's on CNN, and that was last year. Can you imagine? CNN is saying, admitting that going to church. Don't, don't leave, don't leave, don't leave. I'm talking, why are you so ahead? You're trying to manage my time for me, right? It's like, Pastor, you gotta move. These are so many slides in here, right? Going to church could help you live longer. And if you read further, it actually increases quality of life. Go to the next one. This is, uh, I believe, uh, one of the, I think it's Medical News Daily that says that attending religious services may increase life. These are based on studies. In some of those studies, they study the lives of 50,000 people, 5,000 people over a period of time and concluded 
you know, that being an active member of a church is good for you. So what you've just done this morning is good for you. I want you to turn to your neighbor that is good for you. All right? You're not necessarily doing God a favor. You're doing yourself a favor. Some people think they are doing God a favor by going to church. You know, no, you're doing yourself a favor. Uh, and that is because, you know, becoming a Christian actually means joining a family. And it's the largest family in the world. And it's important to know that. Now, I have a few things in here that I'm going to also talk about. Uh, the Journal of American Medical Association. This is something I found out on their website. They did a study. Now, they focused this study on women in particular. And they said women who went to church more than once a week had a 33% lower risk of dying during the study period compared with those who said they never went. That's significant. One third better. Women who go, went to church more than once a week. Women who regularly attended religious services also had higher rate of social support and optimism. All right? Many people are so, you know, they are so hopeless. There's no optim. There's no, you know, they are not, uh, they are not optimistic. And they have lower rate of suicide. Clearly lower rate of suicide. I'm sure many of us can testify that you thought of killing yourself until you came to church. And you're like, pastor was talking about me. Or somebody gave a word. Or the worship. Uh, it does a lot. He also says they had lower rate of depression and were less likely to smoke. I'm like, duh, of course. <laughs> How can you be going to church and be smoking? They don't go together. Hallelujah. And all these prove what the scripture told us. For those of us who are Christians, I mean, we, yeah, it's good for them to do studies. You know, sometimes I wonder why they have to spend millions of dollars doing these studies when you can just read the Bible, right? And just see the Bible say, don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. The Bible clearly says it, right? That being part of a church is good for us. You know, but that's the world we live in. We have to spend millions of dollars in studies to find out what is so obvious. Right? So it's important. So that's really what I want to talk to you about, that the church is God's antidote, God's solution to the crisis of loneliness that we have. The church, first of all, is a family. So when we got saved, we become members of a spiritual family. Uh, that's very, very important for you to know. Many people don't see that, but that's, but that's the best description. The best analogy offered to us is the fact that the church is a family. Yes, sometimes family drive you crazy. That's what families do, right? So that's what families do, but family is good for you. You know, as much as we, our families drive us crazy, we would rather have family than not have, right? Yeah. You would rather be people, you rather have a, have a place to go for Thanksgiving. You rather have people who are there for you when nobody is there for you. You know, 
In fact, you rather have people who annoy you every once in a while than not have at all. So it's very, very important. The church is a family, and when we got saved, we become members of a spiritual family. Ephesians chapter 3, you know, Apostle Paul praying, and he says in verse 14, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives his name. The church is even a bigger family. Some people are in heaven, some people are on earth. So we are a big family, and we all derive our name from our Father, who is God. Hallelujah. And that brings us to the scripture that we read this morning. I'm going to read a few parts of that from Ephesians 2, verse 18. It says, through him, which means Jesus Christ, we both, he was talking about the Gentiles and the Jews, uh, now we can say all of us, you know, whether we're Africans, Americans, Chinese origin, Caribbean, uh, you know, wherever we are, Hispanic, he said, all of us have access to the Father by what? One Spirit. We have the same Holy Spirit. There is no Chinese Holy Spirit. There is no Indian Holy Spirit. There is no Asian Holy Spirit. There is no African Holy Spirit. No, there is one Holy Spirit. And that's what joins all of us together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. By one spirit, we both have access to the Father. Because we all have one Father. Hallelujah. So consequently, or because of that, you are no longer foreigners and strangers. We are no longer foreigners. That means we are not alone. When you are, when you are a stranger, you are alone. You are ostracized. He's saying we are no longer foreigner. We are not we are fellow citizens with God's people, all right? Fellow citizens of the kingdom of God with God's people and also members of his household. It's a big household, but we are members of his household. I wanted to say I am a member of his household. Hallelujah. And he said the house is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. The foundation was laid on Jesus Christ. He's the cornerstone. He's the one holding everything together. And in him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. That's beautiful. And he says, in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So we are built together as a church to become a dwelling, a place where God lives, where God inhabits, where God comes. Don't you just see what we, when we worship, you feel his presence. He comes. He shows up. He does great things. I mean, because we are built together as a family. There is a family thing going on there. And family is very essential to our life. Our family forms us, right? You know, what's the, what does family do? Family forms you. I have a few things. Your nature, your name, right? Your identity, your DNA comes from your family. Isn't that so? Yes. Your nature. Your name, the name you bear identifies you as your family. Your DNA comes from your family. So who you are 
It's as a result of your family. So your family gives you your identity. It's very important. And no matter how you try, you can't shake away the identity of your family, right? You can't. You can't shake it away. You better embrace it and enjoy it. Hallelujah. So your family forms you. Your family gives you your nature. You know, who you are, how you look. We can tell somebody is some, some, from a family because of how they look. Your family also nurtures you. Yeah, your family nurtures you and trains you up. In fact, one of the roles of parents is to do that. Ephesians 6, 4 says, fathers, don't provoke your children, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You are nurtured, all right? You came with the nature, but, you know, your family nurtured you, especially in your early years, right? Nurture you, taught you, you know, you know give you the values you have, the mindset you have. You know, of course, in the earthly family is not always perfect. So out of it, we also pick up a lot of baggage uh, that we deal with, you know, when we join the real family, which is the family of God. Amen. Yeah. But the basis of, I mean, the basics of family is to nurture us. But also our family, from your family, you find love and acceptance. That's when, what we can count on family for, right? You can count on family to love you to accept you, even though every family, and I'm sure it's true for all your family, every family fights, right? You have your differences. There's always a crazy uncle you don't want to, you know, that drives you crazy when you go for Christmas or Thanksgiving. There's always a cousin that annoys you, all right? You know, but there's something about family that at the end of the day, they are the people you can bank on, right? Have you noticed those people who commit crime, nobody wants to associate with them anymore? All right? So easy for friends, for everybody, co-workers, whatever, to just, to just jump ship. All right? You know, you, because you just did something. You just, just, just committed mass murder. You kill people. Everybody runs away. But the family, they are there. And they're like, he's a good person. <laughs> You're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> he's a good person. <laughs> That's not true. You know, that's what families do. Family sticks with you. That's why having a family, they will always be there. They will come and bail you out ten times. You guilt them to bail you out. You know, all your friends say, I'm not bailing you out anymore. Are you kidding me? I don't have money. Families bail you out. Family, you find love, you find acceptance. And we all need that. We all need that. We need people who just love you. All right? Family also provide accountability that usually nobody else can provide. Have you noticed that there are some things only your family can talk to you about? Right? Only your family. Everybody might be liking it on Facebook, or it takes a family to say, that's not cool. It takes a real family. Or some friends that stick closer than a brother. There are some friends that crosses that cross just being a friend to be a family because now they can pull you aside and say, what did you just post? Can you get that down? <laughs> you can be annoyed with them, but you can't really, you can't abandon them. They are family. That's one thing, fam that's one thing about family. It's, di it's difficult to abandon a family, right? You want to, but you can't. In fact, some of you, if you have a choice to choose who your families are, some people in your family won't make the list. But you have no choice. They are family. 
So you live with them. Isn't that what you do? Hallelujah. So family provides accountability that nobody else can. Uh, some ladies will know you want to marry. Some people, it's family that will tell you, no, you can't marry. Other people will say, oh, he's so cute. <laughs> the family will say, no, we don't care about his cuteness. He's not good for you. Does he have a job? <laughs> All right? So there are some things only family can tell you. I mean, so the, really, the, the position of family is so unique and it's essential. It's like a balancing thing in our life. They can balance you. They keep you grounded. So family provides those things. Family, another thing about family to know, which I want to end this session with, is to know that you, if you're a member of a family, you are as essential to the family as every other person. All right? Because that's what makes family work. Family work because every part of the family, every member of the family is essential. Every member of the family, you know, step up at every point in time to do all these things we're talking about. All right? So that is the same with the spiritual family. That's what the spiritual family. In fact, spiritual family is a lot stronger the influence can be a, is a lot stronger on our life. When we become believers, you know, we have a new nature. Did you understand that? We receive a new nature in Christ. A new nature, a nature of righteousness. You know, we came to this world with a nature of sin. God exchanged that. Hallelujah. It gives us a seed of righteousness, a new DNA, a new identity, our identity is no longer based on our earthly family. Our identity is now based on a higher identity. Hallelujah. It's a higher identity. That's why if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creation with a new DNA, a new identity. Hallelujah. So we become part of a family, but also from our spiritual family, we receive nurturing. We receive training. That's why being part of a local church is essential. All right? It's essential. You, you, you receive training. That's why the Bible says we should train ourselves up in righteousness. The Bible talks about exercising ourselves unto godliness. The Bible talks about the roles of pastors, I mean apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. is to train us until we all become mature. So it's important. The family, spiritual family, does that. So there is a huge blessing in being part of a spiritual family. Because when you are part of a spiritual family, you are not alone. All right? The journey of life cannot be done alone. Being alone is not good for you. There are a lot of false teaching out there. There's a lot of assault, and I know, you know, all over Facebook, uh, social media, everywhere, there's a lot of attack on the church, all right? There's a lot of attack on what, does the value, what value does church bring? Bringing, obviously, bad apples, bad examples, you know, that is really driving people away from the church, you know, especially young people. But that's really the plot of the enemy. 
you know, to isolate, right? You see the amount of problem we have among young people today. Isolation is a big part of it, all right? So there's a lot of attack, but I want you to understand, and if you're listening to this, maybe online or wherever or later, understand that the church is not perfect, right? The church ain't going to be perfect. Even if it, it were, it just became imperfect because you joined, <laughs> right? <laughs> because you can't tell me that you are perfect. So the church is never going to be a perfect place. And the value of, that a church brings is not because it is perfect. And that's why I use the analogy of having a family. None of us can say, I have a perfect family. Oh, my dad is perfect. My mom is perfect. Oh, my siblings. Oh, they are the perfect siblings in the world. You can never ask for all my cousins. Oh, they are like angels. You know? No, 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 no. But the value family brings to us is not because of its perfection. All right? So is the value that the church, the body of Christ, it because it provides a great antidote for you for loneliness. You cannot live your life alone. Your spiritual journey is impossible to do alone. And that's why you always have to know that at the back of everything, the value that brings is it outweighs every other challenges you're going to face. I've seen people join church. It's perfect. On Sunday, they come, you know, three months, six months. Everything is good until they really join. Isn't that it? Every church is perfect until you really join the church. Every church looks so great on Sunday. When you join, you join a ministry, you start realizing, ah, that sister that, that, that is always worshiping can get angry. I thought she can never get angry. <laughs> you know, you start realizing that, wow, you know, everybody's not an angel that I thought they were. You know, everybody's, no, 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 no. You, it is true they're not. You know, and that's not the most important thing. When you join, you become part of a family. And trust me, it is so that you will never be alone. You will always have people with you along your spiritual journey. Because the journey of life, the spiritual journey of life, cannot be done by yourself. There will always be a time when you need help. There will always be a time when you are not able to pray. And you need other people to pray for you. But... Is also the other way around. There will always be a time when somebody will need you in that church. When your presence will make the difference in someone's life. Praise the name of Jesus. So that is really, really. So the church is not just a learning center. It is a fellowship center. All right? The power of a church is not just in attending, it is in belonging, all right? You must belong. You know, I once talked to someone, say, oh, man, I attend church every Sunday. I mean, I just have a bunch of lists. You know, I have like a list of church. I just wake up on Sunday, I just, just look. 
whichever one I'm feeling, I just go. I say, you don't belong to any church. You know, belonging is what brings the power of fellowship into play in your life. Hallelujah. Right? I'm going to spend a few times, a few minutes, sorry, to talk about the blessing of, I mean, some of the things you see in a spiritual family. Or to expose you why God never intended that you live this life alone. For example, James chapter 5, verse 6, 16. I'm going to read a few verses and make some commentary and we're going to pray. James chapter 5, verse 16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. You see that? You see that? There's a lot of commandment. There's a lot of things in the scripture that are only possible in the context of being part of a local church. Right? Look at what he says. Confess your sin to one another. That means there will be, you, I mean, can come and pray for each other so that healing can occur. All right? The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Praying for each other is essential. It is so essential. And that's why one of the things we do in this church is to have, you know, prayer groups. Uh, which we encourage everyone to pray, you know, every night from 9 to 9.30. Hallelujah. And we encourage everyone to join, you know, if you're a member of this church, just join one, once a week. So, so that when you are not praying, someone is praying, right? Every aspect of our church life is covered. It's very important to that. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 says, carry each other's burdens. When you are part of a church, you just got for yourself burden bearers. All right? You get people to, to bear burden because there will be time you will have burdens in your life that you cannot bear on your own. All right? You, there will be time. There will be time. Or there will be time when someone will have a burden that only you can help them to carry. You see how that works? And that's why the Bible says carry each other's burden. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. All right? That's, that's why he created the church. All right? But how can that be possible if you don't truly belong? All right? If you don't truly belong, if you don't truly, you know, get into each other's business, how can we even know they have a body in their car? All right? If you don't really fellowship, if you don't connect, how can we really bear each other's body? How can we pray for each other when we don't even know each other? And that's what is going on even in churches. You know, people just don't want to really belong. They don't want to be part of it. They want to go in and out. If you're going in and out, that is not God's plan for you. There are so many things in your life that will be missing just because you're not belonging. So I want to challenge you to belong. The Bible also says we must accept one another. Romans chapter 15 verse 7, accept one another. Then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. All right? That means accepting one another is part of what makes fellowship work. 
is what makes church work. You know, we're different. We have different mannerisms. We have different way of doing things, different way of praying, right? You know, so we learn to do that. We learn to accept one another. We learn that basic by being part of a church. We learn to accept, you know, we learn to compliment. We learn to be there for one another. And we learn to really affirm one another. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ, God, forgave you. Yeah, by being part of a, being part of a church, we learn compassion. We learn to be there for each other. You know, when our sister was sick, there were so many people here who were there for the family. Prayed every night, prayed every morning, you know, for like months. I know some of the sisters here, 5 a.m. every morning to pray, 9.30 p.m. every night, you know, being there, going without the hospital, visiting. You know, that is what, being part of a spiritual family. You know, there will be time you will need that, and there will be time you will have to provide that. And that's why the church is still the greatest antidote to loneliness. I'll close by saying, every once in a while, people walk in here, you know, during the week, of course, or they call, they're in crisis. I mean, this happens so regularly. They're in crisis, family crisis, financial crisis, whatever kind of crisis. They call the church, and they need help. But it's the kind of help only a family can provide. And what we always ask them is, what church do you belong to? And they say, oh, yeah. Um, you know, I used to go to a church, you know, and, uh, you know, I stopped going. I said, that's why you are where you are. I mean, there's so much we can do as a church. Usually we'll, we'll support them a little bit, you know. And, but there's so much we can do because the big help is reserved for family members. All right? People who are part of the family, if people are part of our family, they will not even find themselves where you are. They won't be on the streets. They won't be, they won't be because they are already part of a family. And family don't let another family be on the streets. Family don't let another person be hungry and they don't have anything to eat in the house. Family don't do that. So it's, people do that, and I'm like, why do you go through life and we have to even develop a script they can keep an eye, almost, you know, kind of out of our conversation, that you can make it through life on your own. And that's why, as a, as a church, I want to challenge you and encourage you. If you don't belong, please belong. Resist all, you know, all those things they've told you about church, everything they've told you about church being negative, but being this, church people are this, church people are that. I don't like organized religion. You know, okay, go for disorganized religion. That's fine. <laughs> you know, all this, all this, all these languages that people have come up with. I want you to first of all look at people who are telling you all those things. There's nothing. There's no testimony about their life. People who are proponent of all these things, they, they don't have a life that you want to envy. 
They don't have the kind of life you want. They don't have a stable life. They are jacked up. They are messed up. But they don't understand that the same church they deride has the solution to the problem of the world. Let's bow down our heads. Father, we thank you. And I'm praying today for everyone here that together we will be that church that will provide the greatest antidote to loneliness. And I pray for anyone here who is lonely, feel ostracized, don't belong. I pray that they will find wisdom in truly belonging. They will find wisdom in truly being part of other people's life. And I pray for all of us that we will understand that being part of a family means having responsibility towards others, responsibility to be there for them, responsibility to be a solution to the loneliness in their problem. Thank you because you've answered our prayer. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. God bless you.